Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me as always is June Williams. Good evening. And Jeremy Bratitich. Hello. Uh, here we are at the end of E3 2021. Uh, right. Well, last time we recorded, we were right on the cusp, and this week we are we are post E3. It was. It's been a very long weekend, um, full of far too many early mornings or nights, depending on how you, where you split it. But also, like, so many presentations, like right in that weird part of the evening where it's like nothing o'clock. You know, where it's like three or four o'clock is just like a nothing time. Anyway, it's the weird part of the night. Yeah, yeah, it is that weird part of the night. How are you, how are you all <laughs> feeling post post week? Uh, anytime anyone talks about post E3, all I can remember is that Post Malone showed up for E3, and so like that's the only thing. Like, and people started calling him post E3, um, and so now when anyone says, "How's everyone think, feeling about being post E3?" I just like oh, I just imagine Post Malone showing up on stream, dabbing, and then leaving again. Um, so that's that's a, that's about where my mind is at. I'm still kind of fried. June? Yeah, I don't know. Getting a full um, eight hours sleep last night was pretty good. Ah, oh, so good, right? <laughs> it's making me go to bed on time mm. too, which is then making me think like, oh, maybe I should go to bed on time all the time. I wake up when the sun rises. And like, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know about that. That sounds like that sounds like <laughs> like a paleo diet. I don't need that. I'm waking up on time. That. I probably do need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you're here listening to this, uh, welcome. This is the Minimap cast uh, for minimap.com.au. Uh, we post lots of podcasts there, uh, the occasional written word, uh, as well as um, some other podcasts that aren't the Minimap cast, such as our uh, monthly game club podcast, which is called Game Spoilers Podcast, uh, new name and rebranding TBD. And uh, also the pecking order where we rank the kissability of pop culture characters. Uh, last week's was Crazy Frog, and that was a whirlwind. And I'm still shocked on where Crazy Frog landed on said pecking order. <laughs> like it's a it's something that I just something it makes sense. It's so, because because I did that episode. I I was there for our thought process, and it makes sense. But when I look at the verdict like isolated from the context i'm like how anyway you should watch that episode it was really good um we also wanted to say thank you to shook for letting us use the moog model the improv uh song from their youtube channel uh for the song for the minimap cast um you can find more of shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com uh yeah head to the website jeremy just revamped it it looks really pretty um and any other calls to action you can find us on twitter but we'll run that through at the end uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash minimapau if you want to support us monetarily uh if you can't or don't feel like it i understand it's fine it's here for free for you uh but if you have the time if you could give this podcast any of our other podcasts a rating on your podcast service of choice that would be splendid um Let's we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do what we always do when we do these. Is uh, we'll go through what we've been playing, and then we'll do the question of the week, and then we'll do we'll do our E3 wrap up at the end of the episode. Um, plenty of games to talk about for this week. Um, Jeremy, let's start with you for like your like 
games you were playing last time, but have now played this time as well. Yeah, so well, as in the E3 stuff or the, or the non-E3 games? Uh, let's go non-E3. All right. Um, I'm playing more Ratchet & Clank, mm-hmm. Rift Apart. Um, that game is still really fucking good, as it turns out. That game might be the best PS5 game. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's not I too much count. competition. No, but there's there's there are some good games out like like Demon Souls real good, Spider Man real good, um, Astro. Astro's real good. Um, it's, I think I think it's up there with the best. I don't count Final Fantasy remake integrated as a PS5 game because it's a PS4 game. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you kept really the, the DLC as a PS5 game. Yeah, but as a whole, I'm like, yeah, it's it's a it's a PS4 game. Um, yeah, it's. I think like is really fucking good. Um, I'm 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 very very close to the end. Um, the pacing has been really good. Um, I I'm now getting to parts in the game where like Ratchet and the new, new character Rivet are like you know properly like you know uh, having some good dynamics. They're they're interacting well. Um, with uh, Clank as well. Um, and another character. Um. The, the 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 dimensional versions of of like the the, the new characters basically the, the introduced characters into this game are really really good um they they totally fit in this game in a way that it doesn't it doesn't feel forced at all they're written really well they've got really good um like motivations for their characters uh they have really good um like uh, points of view that are different to, it's not just like another Ratchet and Clank, right? It's like, you know, these characters are like new and different and feel different. Um, and they're really welcome in this game. They, they're given like a really great um, like spotlight to, to, to do their thing, um, but also not taking away from Ratchet and Clank. Like they, it still feels like a Ratchet and Clank game. Um, and I think they have done a great job of balancing introducing two new characters into into a franchise that's like well over ten years old, um, and it feeling really natural. And if they made another one with these characters, I would be so happy. Um, they're they it's it's just a really really solid video game. Um, I still don't have a single negative thing about it. Um, currently, it's still sitting basically at at ten. Um, there's nothing really anything about it I would change. Um, a lot of a lot of really nice callbacks um, to the franchise, um, but still, it doesn't feel like it's a it's a it's not a it's not a callback game. It's not a game where I feel like it's just constantly looking back. It it is looking forward while also um, respectfully bringing things from the past forward. Um, for example, there's a there's an armor set that I found. That when I looked at the description, uh, references Ratchet Gladiator, um, and the armor set is one of the superheroes that gets killed in that game, um, oh, right. and it and it's like it's 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 funny because like I looked at it going like, is that the dude at the very beginning of Ratchet Gladiator gets killed, and then sure enough I go into the description and it was like you know, remnants of the Dread Zone or whatever, and I was like ah you motherfucker you. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's 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 just really good. It's just completely joyous, 
lovely to play. The music is is good. Um, we had to adjust the sound mixing because it wasn't very loud when we noticed the music, but it's it is quite good. Um, and they have every now and again thrown in a little Ratchet and Clank one song, very loosely. Just a little a little Ratchet and Clank one motif is thrown in there, um, which I am very familiar with because I listened to that soundtrack quite a bit. Um, because it like fucking slaps actually. Um, they, they 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 throw that in there in a way that that is like, oh, you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I'm just having just a complete fucking blast with it. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've, how much have you, how much have you played, Gary? I've played like maybe two hours, two and a half hours. Um, the stuff that basically as far as the the demo the state of play that they showed off like a month ago is turns out that's basically the start of the game um except the very first level so yeah uh yeah i'm like just about as far as that went um it's really good (laughs) i think what i appreciate about it most having not been able to play that much and not being able to play that much at one time either um weapon variety is fantastic the controller rumble and the like they use it's a really good use of the like half trigger pull and then pull past it to get the full yeah. blast like the the shotgun is like you can half pull it to pull one barrel or pull it all the way to shoot two barrels at once um or it's like you can have like your, your blaster is like a, a constant like steady fire or you can pull it all the way and it turns to like really increasingly inaccurate rapid fire um and the and the, the feeling is great um so those those features are great but i think what i appreciate about appreciate about it the most um is one it's got a dodge which i didn't realize i wanted in this game in like a ratchet series until i was playing and i didn't have it unlocked yet and i tried to do it and i'm like oh i want to dodge in this game it's like i've been conditioned (laughs) by everything that's come since the last ratchet game i've played to Mm -hmm. dodge attacks dodge through attacks um and then they give you the dodge. And I was like, wow, that's so weird how I wanted to do that. And then they let, and this is the game where they let you do that. It's, I don't know, it, might, it kind of really freaked me out a bit because it was like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never wanted that in the Ratchet game before. And then the moment I tried it, it was there. So, yeah, I mean, great. Yeah, they nailed it. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I, you can really see the influence of uh, the last two Spider-Man games that they've developed since the last Ratchet game they've made. Um, the influence in this game is is stark and I, it's fantastic. Like, there's a really cinematic feel to this Ratchet entry that um, hasn't been there in the past, even with the one that was literally made with movie graphics and customization so that you could... so they could release a, a literal cinematic version of it. Like, this looks even better than that, I reckon, yeah. in every in every way. Um, there's this scene... There's a, the, one of the first cities you go to, Ratchet's in the rain the whole time, and he's so wet and you can tell and it looks fantastic <laughs> like ratchet looks so good wet like a like a like a like it's like you it's like you you're watching a cat that's just walked in from the rain you know and you can tell you can tell the way they've done it they've got they've just got the, the to such a high fidelity with his fur that they can get that across which is awesome um and I also love now, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but Ratchet's teeth are kind of, he's got like really pointy, like canine teeth. So they look more cat-like. He looks more 
animal, um, but it looks also really natural. It, the, the, their designs and their their um, characterization so far has just been top notch. So yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with it, and I'm very excited at the end of tomorrow when I'm when I finish my work for the week to just play it all weekend. I'm very excited to finally sink into it. How good is his like armor design with the orange and the blue and it's just like a really good looking suit for him. Mm, I haven't paid too much attention to it. It's pretty standard fare for him, isn't it? Like it's his normal suit. It's it, it's it's his PS3 suit, but like it's it's just tweaked in that way that like you know when like so when when like Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out and like everyone saw what that Spider-Man suit looked like and I was like, "Oh, Cool. It's the perfect Spider-Man suit. You know, like we've had good Spider-Man suits, but when everything just is like at a 10, it's just like, oh, it's just, it's, that's it. That's the one. Um, so like, and you, well, you'll notice it when you start getting armor pieces and you start like putting them on. Um, and I have not worn a single armor piece this entire game only wow. because none of them look as good as his original armor suit. Um, I did feel a bit that way. I unlocked a helmet and I was like, oh, but I want to see their faces and their yeah. ears. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cool. Um, shall we also do a do a quick Final Fantasy VII detour? Sure. I, I've not, I've not played, played much of it, um, so it's all yours. Okay. Uh, so last week I couldn't talk about the DLC at all because I hadn't been able to access it. This week, I can tell you literally anything you want to know about the DLC. Like, Apart from any questions. I ask you something and you tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, won't, I actually won't answer any of your questions because you should play it because it's great. Um, it's it's more Final Fantasy VII, which is fantastic. Um, in almost every way, uh, good and bad. So that means you've got more incredible scores. Oh my God, there's this whole scene that's just like a saxophone ensemble for like 45 minutes of gameplay. It's, it was just like, oh, my heart was just, it was like they knew who was going to play this. It was amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kept getting better and better. Like, cause they introduce like one saxophone over like the normal soundtrack slowly. And then it's just, it's just like six saxophones (laughs) all together for like 20 minutes. Oh, it was so good. Um, but so the soundtrack's fantastic. Um, the end of the DLC is surprisingly emotionally taxing. Like I finished it and I was like, <sighs> like I, I like I had to I had to I just kind of sat in my chair for a minute and just thought about the world. Um, and, it, and it felt a little cheap, but not cheap enough to make me feel like cheated. Um, it, it felt earned enough. Uh, the gameplay is fantastic. I really love playing Yuffie, and it, and it highlights something for me that um, uh, was apparent in the previous game, which is that every single character is so distinct and uh, different, and plays like an entirely different well, character. Obviously, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's not like it's not like Tifa and pardon me and Cloud because they're both melee characters. They both play the same. Um, you know, both of them play quite differently to each other. They're good at different things. They've got different ranges. They've got different abilities. And Yuffie's are so distinct. Like, you've got her melee attacks, but then she can throw her shuriken. And then while her shuriken's away, she starts doing uh, ranged magic attacks, 
which you can then tailor to be any element you want, which then means that you don't need to have fire materia equipped or ice materia or lightning or wind across all of your party because uh, Yuffie's got it handled. It, it's a bit of finessing and a bit of time management inside the combat to uh, make that happen. But um, it makes her really versatile and she's really fast too because when she throws her shuriken and it, when she throws it, it like just basically like sits on an enemy spinning the whole time. And then if you hit the same button again, she basically just whips over to it and then she's all of a sudden she's in their face again and ready to um, melee fight. Um, so she's so mobile and she's so versatile. Um, and playing with Sonon, who's her like Wutai ninja uh, counterpart, um, you don't get to play as Sonon. So the way they work that out is um, he's a second character. He's got his own health, his own MP. You can control him with the control his attacks with the active time battle bar the atb like management you can control his own attacks and his own abilities that way but he'll kind of attack on his own until you press l2 and then yuffie and sonon like start meshing together and attacking in sync it's called um synergy and and then that allows them to do like combined ability attacks where they like bounce off each other's like staffs and like on their heads and it it does way more damage or way more stagger and stuff like that um and that's really cool um yeah i think their performances are great and my reservations for this are, b- are basically the same as they were in the last game in that uh yuffie's character design is kind of gross <laughs> it's kind of not great because she's in this like like cropped sweater vest and like nothing else and really short shorts with the with the button undone so her her like short shorts are like flapping around at the top and it's just like that's fine right whatever final fantasy 7 gonna be sexist <laughs> whatever just gonna be f- like blatantly having female characters there to ogle at the whole time specifically for you to ogle at them but then they spend so much time in this dlc having giving Yuffie lines and giving supporting characters line about how she's just a kid and how oh she 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 can't go into a bar because that's 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 for adults to do and she's like hey i i can do adult stuff and i'm like oh man this is so uncomfortable so 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 uncomfortable so yeah like i said it's more final fantasy 7 <laughs> <laughs> um cool yeah, I don't know. Have you had any thoughts about the the game from what you played, Jeremy? Um, I, I've only played like an hour or so of it, maybe a little bit more. Um, I like that board game. Um, call me the what's the what's the name of the board game? Fort Condor. Fort Condor. Call me the Fort Condor fucking master. Like I'm like just like destroyed everybody in that. Absolutely decimated. It's it's not that hard. No, it's not. But like I felt good doing it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, you just kind of overload like the enemy until like they just like can't like they're just on defense the entire time. Um, it, it 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 was it was good fun. I wanna I wanna play you in that. I wanna I wanna play you in Fort Condor. That that oh, would be, be fun. funny. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, it it's it, I'm 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 liking what I've played so far. Um, the Yuffie's combat does feel distinct in a way that that I I am appreciating a lot. Um. 
especially coming from immediately from doing like the first couple chapters of Final Fantasy VII. Um, jumping back into the DLZ, um, it feels like it feels different, distinct, and I'm excited for like remake two to I suppose include her in the party. Um, going forward, yeah, I think it takes a while for in the main game for her to line up with the main team, but. Yeah, um, but like also like this know, version time, of it, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you, Jeremy. Once you see the final cutscenes, um, right? And we can try and break down what <laughs> it may or may not mean. <laughs> how many um? How many hours was the DLC? Do you think? So I did my classic thing of doing all the side content, which in this is not much, but adds about an hour and a half to the game, which is doing the Fort Condor, like feet, defeating all the Fort Condor board, ga- board, board, ga- board game combatants, <laughs> which are no more than four or five minutes each. Um, yeah. And then there's also a collectible thing where you can walk around the Sector 7 area and find like flyers. And when you find them all, you get like a, a you get a special materia. Um Doing all of that is about an hour and a half. On top of what I'd say is about three to four hours of content if you're playing it. You know, all the cutscenes and watching everything and sort of seeing the environment and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'd say it's about three to four hours normally, plus an hour and a half if you do all the side stuff. Maybe two, actually. There's something in Chapter 2 that you can do on the side as well. Um, Pretty yeah. solid DLC time. Yeah, honestly, it's good. Like, it's not that long, but you spend long enough in each chapter that it's like... it. It's warranted. The, the For what they're paying, you get a great amount of content. Um, playing it through on hard mode and getting all the trophies, I've got like 14 hours in the game currently. So um, it's definitely worth it. Um, and Ooh. also it's stunning. Like this game on PS5 is fucking stunning. It's so good. Yeah, it's 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 wild how good it looks. Um, hey, June, last time, right before we started our podcast last week, uh, Backbone had just come out and you installed it and played the last hour. Did you get to play any more? Did you? Yeah, um, I'm up to the epilogue. I haven't finished. I think the epilogue goes for like an hour, so I'm almost finished with it. But I can talk about it like now. Uh, what, I, um... what's, yeah, what's the, um, what's the elevator pitch for it? Because I hadn't heard of it before you brought it up last week. It's a um, detective game where you play as a raccoon basically I don't know how else to describe it <laughs> um, it's made by um, yeah Eggnut and Roof Fury and um, I don't know it's like I guess it's kind of like a side a side scroller kind of um, it almost is like a visual novel I guess I think it probably would have worked better as a visual novel if we're going to talk about that um, I think that um, I was looking at uh, reviews for it because, like, um, I there's a I'm not there's a reason why I haven't finished it yet, and I think it like I've really dropped off it. Like, I don't really have it hasn't been as engaging as I thought it was going to be by what I played in Act One. So it's separated into five, five acts, six acts, or something, and um. They released Act 1 a couple of months ago as, like, a demo, and it has, like, puzzles and stuff in it, and it has, like, uh, if you just, like, I don't know, Google it, and, like, the, the art style is, like, it's so beautiful. Like, it's such, such like, a distinctive, I don't know, it's so pretty, and um, the music is really, really great. So, like, Act 1 was 
really really good and then it's really tapered off after that because they haven't done any more puzzles in the, in the acts at all the um there's no real consequences for any dialogue choices that you make and i feel like they're really streamlining you into a narrative doesn't really feel like you have any choice in what's happening um which is a shame i think but also I don't know if it's deserving, you know, it's got like, I don't know, 6 out of 10 on Steam or something. Like, it hasn't got great reviews. Oh. But I don't know if it... I know, it's it's sad. And I don't know whether that's mm. because people are expecting a Disco Elysium type game now and are being disappointed. I mean, you know, like, this is not... This is a small, like, such a smaller game. I don't I think it's kind of impossible to compare it anyway. Um. Anyway, I I think it's still I think it's still worth playing. It's only like six hours or something. So, um, and I think just on like the art and music alone, like I'm still having a good time, and I'll still finish it. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm 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 glad you had some enjoyment. I'm I'm. It's surprising that it um yeah didn't follow through all the way. Um, but yeah, seeing that little bit when you were playing last week, that like pixel noir art was yeah. so distinctive so gorgeous yeah you'd like the music like the rest of the music as well carrie and it has a lot of uh good sort of cutscenes with like actual lyric lyrical music as well um and i think i think it also really struggles to um be definitive in what it's trying to say because i think it it's it says a lot and you're also struggling with like your character's inner feelings and stuff and it's like I feel like they really needed to pick one and go down that one road and, and they haven't really done it's very it feels very wishy-washy now like there's nothing solid you know but maybe that changes in the epoch I'm not sure yeah I hope so <laughs> <laughs> hmm me too, I really do. <laughs> uh, what have we got here? Um, so Jeremy's got to play a few E3 demos for E3. I think what we'll do, we'll, we'll get to them in just a second, but there's one thing I've been playing um, yeah. in the last couple of days right before that which is uh, a demo that was announced at the Square Enix Presents showcase which is for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin which is a, yeah. a it's a name that my brain is allergic to like every time <laughs> every time I say that name or read it it like hits my brain and slides off yep, like it's yep, same. <laughs> it's such a bad name um, but it's this it's the it's the it got leaked a couple of weeks ago, but it's this uh, Final Fantasy set um, Souls like action game made by Team Ninja, who most recently have made Neo and Neo Two. Um, and yeah, there's a trial version that came out for it on PS5 that gives you the, one of the levels and a boss fight. Uh, and it's, it was it's interesting. Um, it had a thing where apparently they released it after the showcase, and um, oh my god, <laughs> the the files were corrupted. Like they released a, a, a version of the game that people just couldn't play. They installed like it, and then it was like, 
Yeah, so they had they had to patch this free trial to make it even playable. Why the fuck do um, they put that out? <laughs> I don't know. But what I like said, so I had no, I had no issues yesterday. Once when I could get it. Yeah, so. well, once they updated it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's interesting. It's got the souls thing. There's no bonfires. There's cubes, and they refill your potions and revive all the enemies in the area that you killed previously, and you respawn there if you die. Uh, <laughs> That's also the Neo thing. Neo does that as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and it, there's the there's areas that like snake back on themselves, so that the nearest cube is like the one you got like three areas ago, and you just use the ladder to get back up. And um, the way it's kind of a bit more different is it's got these like classes that you have that you can like swap on the fly, and every time you swap it, like resets your stamina gauge, which is kind of interesting. And, like, the mage one is also this, like, close stagger ability. Um, the, the combat's interesting. It's okay. And there's, there's, a, there's like, way too much menu management. It, like, there's, like, so much stuff you have to do. Like, you've got, like, six pieces of armor that you can equip, and then your weapons, and then your job, and then setting which abilities you use on which combo attacks. So if I do R1, then R2, or R1, R1, and then R2, or... R1, 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 and then R2. Or I hold R1, then press R2. Or I hold L1, and then press R2. You can change what all of those do. It, it, it's very complex in a lot of ways. Um, and then when I played, like I finished it, and I was playing through all it, and I, all of the enemies were sort of fine. And then you get to the boss fight, and the boss is astonishingly hard. It's absolutely fucking nuts how difficult this boss is and it's not difficult in a souls way where i feel like it's some or i feel like it's a nut i have to crack i felt like this was just banging my head against a wall over and over and over again and it was so much more difficult than the rest of the game was it was sounds shame. sounds so much like neo this sounds exactly like neo in every really? single way every single way yeah all of this this is all neo this is 100 wow. percent neo that's funny. <laughs> I found Neo much harder than any any FromSoft game I ever played. You you what Neo? Sorry, I found Neo much harder than any FromSoft game I ever played. Right, but like only in the bosses. <laughs> no, I found I found the overworld of Neo pretty difficult as well. But like what no, okay. like what what Neo does is as you go on as you go on through the game, um, the bosses just become regular enemies um, oh, that, right. that you see in the overworld. They do that thing. I mean, Dark Souls um, does that. Yeah, but they're like, they do it a lot. Okay. <laughs> they do it like a lot, a lot. Um, so, but how yeah. are you, are you enjoying it? Like, I'm not going to go back and play it a second time. Um, did, you, did you finish the demo? Yeah, I did. But I'm, I may have only beaten the boss because of a glitch. Like, I was fighting and fighting it. And then I'm like, oh, my health refilled. That's weird. Oh, well. And then it happened again. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Oh, well. And then I beat the boss finally. Um, but it was after like 45 minutes. I was starting to get it like proper done. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. It's free for the next week for anyone who's got a PS5. You know, feel free to give it a go. But like, I don't know. The thing the thing that really rubs me the wrong way with this one is the the aesthetic and the style of this. You know, it's, it, it, it's a game that looks like it got plucked out of 2010 and stuck right on a new console. Visually and aesthetically and like and like the voice lines like you play as all of these bros and they're walking around and they're like we're here to kill chaos 
and they're like, oh, I guess we'll just let ourselves in. And then you're fighting at the enemies and it's like, get out of my way. And it's just like, I, and then when you I like, to- when you do the stagger effect, when you like kill, when you like, when you like do the, the stagger, like execution effect, you basically just like crush all these enemies and then your character's just like drenched in blood. And it's like, oh man, I, I don't need this. <laughs> I, I have to point out, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Why? It's been so long. That doesn't mean when, it's good. No, but it it looks it looks like shitty schlocky in a way that like I I'm 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 in the mood for that. I'm in the mood for some for some like dumbass shit. You know, like you know when you think about like oh I feel like watching like Die Hard Four or whatever. <laughs> or it's like oh like I want to like I want to watch all the Rambo movies in a row. Or like you know, every now and again I look at my 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 Blu-ray cabinet and I'm like, I own all the Rocky movies. I can just watch all the Rocky movies. <laughs> um, you you could do that. You're right. Yeah, and like it's it, I feel like it hits that itch. You know, it's like the I I could just watch some fucking just to consume some garbage like testosterone fueled like anger. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I. I so if you're watching really, Predator. I don't feel like I have a big lack of that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't get that much in my life and I don't need it that much in my life. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with my amount of <laughs> over testosterone, that being next to none. <laughs> um but hey, if you, you enjoy play it, it when it comes it. out? Uh not for full price. Maybe mm. even not if I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty on the fence. Like, uh, like I'm not unhappy with the time I spent with it, but I don't know if I'm going to have enjoyed playing it for. Like, if it's like a, I, I was about to say like, oh, if it's hours. a twenty-hour game, and then I thought about playing it for that long. I was like, oh, if it's a ten-hour game. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty on the fence. I think I'd tire of it pretty quickly. A lot of the mechanics are really complex and obtuse in a way that I don't really enjoy. Hmm. Anyway, so with with Stranger of Paradise Lost in Chaos or whatever it's called, out of the way, um, Jeremy, why don't you tell us about your your E3 preview coverage that you got to be a part of? Yeah, so as I mentioned last week, um, I was on the media list for E3 this year. And so that means... So for people who don't know when you get onto a me- when you when you get accepted for like media accreditation at a convention basically your email gets sent to publishers and developers of of people that are that are going to be there um showing off games and showing off presentations and stuff like that. And so I got I got a few emails. Um I got more emails in the past 2 days about e3 than i have like over the entirety of the convention um which is wild um anyway i I got i got a few early um so i'd I'd already seen some stuff i I wasn't able to talk about yet um one of those games being a game called dreamscaper um i had a i had a half an hour preview of that um dreamscaper is a uh roguelike um where you uh venture into your sleep to um basically deal with your like insecurities and 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 your and the themes that you're you're dealing with like mentally um your character is dealing with rather um and and you you go through different 
um, different levels and they usually have a corresponding theme like anxiety or, you know, like, uh, like certain things that you are feeling, um, in the game. And then when you're in the overworld, um, which is when you're awake, you are then having conversations with people, you are leveling up your stats, you are progressing the story, much like how in Hades, you will go to do a run, you'll, you'll leave the, the, the castle, um, you'll do a run, you'll die, you'll eventually end up back in uh, the castle Hades, and you'll talk to the people that are around, push some of those stories forward, level up your character, and then run out again. Um, Dreamscaper is a really nice looking game. Um, it's got a really interesting style. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of Absolver, actually. Um, but it's more ethereal than that. There's a lot of like miss, a lot of like abstract, you know, like, like you are in a dream. So it does feel like, you know, like objects you might've thought of or, you know, things you might've seen while you're in the real life then appear in the, in, in the dream, um, in weird and strange ways, you know, light posts hanging sideways, stuff like you, like just odd things that you think of when you think of uh, like a dream, like dreamscape. Um, uh, I'm just looking through the notes that I had when I was having um, the demo. Th- there's a lot of there's a lot of different customization in this game. Um, so actually, customization is actually the wrong word. There's a lot of like there's a lot of abilities and items that can actually bounce off each other and build off each other um, in re- in really cool ways. Like it's my favorite thing that Rogue likes to. Um, similar to like a Binding of Isaac or like a Hades. Uh, like if you have a weapon that will shoot out fire, for example, um, and you also have an ability that will drop oil, for example, and enemies get oil on them and you use fire on them, they will explode in a in a, in a larger way. Um, but that can turn into like, hey, when you dash, you send out pools of water. Um, then if you have like an ice attack, that also corresponds to your dash as well. It will then start to freeze enemies and they, they, they build off that synergy really, really well. Um, it was funny having my my preview, uh, the beginning of the preview. The 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 developer I was talking to was basically like, he he began it by saying, "So how familiar are you with roguelikes and stuff?" I was like, "Oh, you know, pretty pretty familiar." And he goes, "Binding of Isaac, Hades, like uh, um, Spelunky." I'm like, "Yep, I know all those." He's like, "Ah, oh, thank God!" And immediately he didn't have to like pitch what those games were to compare it to like what he's doing, um, because he's borrowing a lot of themes, um, and borrowing a lot of mechanics. Um, dead cells as well, um, but yeah, like you, you can totally see their their um, influence, I like the influence those games have um, on on this game, um, and yeah, like it's 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 a really cool looking game. Um, I I can't say anything about the full release version of the game, but they do have things like. They've got a heat system similar to Hades does after after a little bit. You can sort of like turn up the difficulty to get more rewards. Um, and the combat itself is like light attack, heavy attack. It's it's top down in a, in a on a 2D plane in, in a 3D space. Um, it's it, it's really, really interesting. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed what I saw from it, um, which is which is cool. Um, Kerry, you got to play a little bit of it. Did you have any any feelings here or there about it or not really i think it's really gorgeous um some of the overarching systems in the overworld there's a lot of 
and part of that is because I think they're still implementing some of their tutorialization. Um, and that's you know that's not really a knock against it. It's still in development. Um, yeah. But some of their systems are like there are a lot of different places that have their own different currencies. They get spent differently. That unlock many different things. And I think um, looking at all of those things at once is a bit daunting. And it's hard to see how each of them how much each of them affects different things. Um, I'll, I'll also jump in really quick and say that the, the demo that, that you and I played, um, more things were unlocked at the begin than there would be at the beginning of the game. Um, right. Like the, the E3 demo was like a middle of the game That That slice. makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the gameplay was really good. It is a bit slower than like a Hades or anything like that, which yeah, isn't totally. necessarily a knock. Um, it's heavier. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's interesting. Like it, it, I haven't really crystallized my thoughts on it, but it's, it, I think it can do with a little bit more feedback or a little bit more weight in terms of how it plays. It plays really well, but there, there, was a lot, there were a lot of times where I felt like if I was hitting an enemy once, I could just stun lock it and just wail on it enough and it would die. Um, Whereas it would it wouldn't like break out and have to make me dodge or make me sort of back up after a couple of hits and think about what I was going to do next, you know, because it's slower, it kind of makes me feel like I should be getting punished more for making the wrong decision. Um, whereas it kind of just felt like a faster game in slow motion. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, but just just it's just sort of the thing where it's like it was slow enough and kind of you could just be methodical enough and not have to think too hard about each thing you were doing in terms of the combat that it, my mind started to wander a little bit while playing it. Um, but it was absolutely gorgeous. And some of the boss um, encounters were really well designed as well. Yeah. The, like the, did you, did you play the fish boss as well? Yeah. 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 That, 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 that was a cool one. Um, apparently there's like seven or something bosses in the game. Mm. Um, there's, that doesn't look like it's, it's the longest game, but like a lot of the, the overworld stuff apparently goes for a bit longer. Mm. Um, and like from what I saw of the overworld stuff, it looked it looks quite nice and quite sad. <laughs> um, so um, I, I don't. I'm looking looking to see how that story goes. Um, I played a, a, a played a, a game called Bark um, B dot I think is what it is, um, which is a four per, a four player shoot 'em up um, set in space, and you are pets of astronauts. <laughs> um, and you have to uh, save Earth um, and and your owners um, by going through space and shooting shooting aliens. Um, it was very very funny. It w- it was a great demo. Um, the 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 game itself is very lighthearted and whimsical, but they showed me the opening cutscene of it, and like I was choking up, <laughs> like trying not to cry because the the opening it's heartbreaking. Um, it's uh, it's it's basically just like the the humans like uh they're on this rocket ship which is the last rocket ship away from away from Earth and and um the the dogs are in the very the, the pets are in the very front of the of the rocket ship and the astronaut has to hit the button to send them off into space so they don't get taken away by the aliens or whatever. Oh my god! And I'm like, <laughs> and the the person I'm demoing is like, I've seen that like forty times and I still almost cry every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see that again. I would hate demoing this forty times. Um, 
Um, but it's like it's a it's a shoot 'em up. Like it's 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 silly and and it looks like love is in this dangerous space time. Faced uh, love is in the dangerous space time. Visually, um, it's all very like flat pastel colors. But like it's all it's very fun and silly. Like I'd, I I had a, I had a good time um seeing that seeing that game. Um, that game would would be a perfect like buy it on Switch game. Um, I b- I believe it's coming to Switch. Um, so like that'll be where I pick that one up to play with people. Um. They they were saying that they they decided to make a game that focused on couch co op just before lockdown, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh no. you poor thing!" <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah," <laughs> um, but it's looking to like they said, you know, that they're lucking out a little bit that things are opening up at least where they are um, around the time that they're looking to release, which is good. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm probably going to pick that one up so I can play with my housemates. Um, I just uh, jump in there. I love the idea of lovers in a dangerous FaceTime. Yes, I, when I said that as well, <laughs> I was like, there's, there's something there. Um, <laughs> and I saw a couple other games, some of the games I don't really care too much to talk about. Well, one of them I do very, very much is a game called um, Falling Frontier, Um which is one of the most like stunning looking games that I've ever seen. Um, it's this RTS game where you are basically just like expanding from planets. Uh, I don't remember if it was in our solar system or not, um, but you have to do things like mining, you have to like research tech and stuff and you have to just like defeat your the, the opposing side. Um, Are you playing as starships or? So you've got probes that you can send out to like do reconnaissance missions. You have you have starships and the starships are few. Then you don't have like a ton of them. It's not like Zerg in, in StarCraft. They, they are very few and you can customize them. Um, so you can choose what guns go on them, choose where the guns go, how much armor you want to put on, all that stuff to like change its speed and its like attack and all that stuff. But like the look of this game, the the style of it is so off the charts cool. It's like this science fiction, but like like hard sci-fi, like heavy, like 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 realistic, grounded science fiction. But it's I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to like find out things to compare it to. There's a Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. There's a there's a Tom Cruise movie called Oblivion, which I can liken it to. There's a there's like it's a little bit 2001, but not that like grandiose sci-fi. It's 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 really stark and kind of cold, but like not in a not in a way that's off-putting. It's like realistic. Um, it's a space. It's like cold space. Yeah, it, it, it's like the Expanse is another good one to to bring it into. Um, Maybe Battlestar Galactica as well. Um, everything's very heavy. Everything's very chunky. Um, the spaceships move really slow and deliberately. And you ha- if you want to fire rockets at another spaceship, you you get shown the trajectory of where the rockets are going to go. Um, and you have to account for asteroids coming in between and, you know, them going in a different direction. And and it's uh, it's so cool and like the sound design is like really muted too it's like it sounds like w- what space well not doesn't sound like what space would sound like because space is no sound but like it sounds very close to what space would sound like which is mostly quiet um and like um <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great way to describe it I just that's a very good sentence yeah. um <laughs> 
um, when I was talking to one of the developers, he was saying that like well, the look he was going for was like realistic, but at the end of the day, his his top priority was making it look cool, and he specifically said those words to me, and I was yeah. like, cool. Well, you've you've totally <laughs> nailed that. Um, it just looks it looks unreal. Um, one of the things that I noticed while while doing the demo is that a lot of the time he was saying that he was making it, and so. I realized how small the team is and I think it, it might be like three people or less making this right. game, which is like a feat for how good this game looks. Um, and it was also funny because um, I did the meeting at about like, I want to say 1.30 a.m. Um, because scheduling times, it's based around American time. Um, and I get there and I, I hop in the Discord and I hear a, hey, how are you going? I'm like, good, how are you? He's like, oh, good. And then we suddenly realize that we're both Australian. And <laughs> just like the level of communication that was just like dramatically increased by <laughs> neither of us having to talk to like an American or someone from another country and like having to do the awkward like, you know, the, the awkward thing when you talk to someone who's not from where you're from, where you notice things uh, that you notice, they say words differently to you and you don't bring that up because who brings that up, but you notice it. And suddenly talking to an Australian, I could tell how tired he was as well because he's doing demos from Melbourne between oh the hours God. of 1am and 7am, <laughs> which would suck. Um, but yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, that game looks looks really cool. I am super super excited to see where that game goes. Um, it's launching into early access, um, and it's just like it just looks off the charts cool. It's totally my shit. It's cool that like you have to imagine that maybe they got the chance to reach a few more people because things were a bit more remote this year, so they didn't actually have Ab- to go absolutely. to E three and like buy a booth or be a part of some indie thing across the road at the Volvo or something like that or like just pay for flights to get there you know like I can't imagine what the exhibitor cost or publishing costs it is for E3 I've heard it's not cheap but maybe for this year it's a bit more accessible that's really cool yeah and like it reminded me of um uh PAX online last year and while that also had a ridiculously dumb price barrier to entry um in terms of like you know getting coverage suddenly they get to you know have interviews with anybody that's around the world um not just anybody that was going to go to that pax um which is great for honestly everybody involved that more people can get eyes on it and more people can get coverage out of it do you think there's a way to do that in the future for like a sort of half and half kind of thing so people that can't afford to have a booth can still have interviews online and um and have sort of both going at the same time Mm. absolutely um the 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 location like the 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 location gatekeeping that games like that like pr in games and and conventions has is like ridiculous um and like this is not specifically like the the, this is not not the same conversation but an adjacent conversation is how gatekeepy um gdc is um and every year when it gets hosted in in san francisco every year the same conversation happens again about how like it shouldn't be held in san francisco um honestly holding events in america is more gatekeepy than holding events almost anywhere else in the world um just via Mm -hmm. like america's awful um travel laws and their like 
backwards, um, like allowing, uh, like you know, basically more willing to allow white people than brown people into their country. Um, so like, like th- there is no reason that going forward, packs and E three and all that stuff should have shouldn't have an online component. Um, but you know, they should that do remains um, to be seen. GDC like the Olympics and like share it every year somewhere else <laughs> it, 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 it goes northern hemisphere southern hemisphere every every four years yeah <laughs> yeah that would be cool <laughs> countries have to bid on it <laughs> they have to create a stadium and housing for yeah. tens of thousands of developers <laughs> yeah do like a do like a big like song and dance about it like you should, why you should host gdc in melbourne if so. only. um can you imagine what like the the gdc village would be like <laughs> so many cafes <laughs> nothing but cafes and bars yeah <laughs> and oh maybe maybe some arcades um yeah. that's awesome it's so cool that you got to do that and again it's really cool that those developers got to get a look in you know i i mm. i hope to see more from them and i'm excited so <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens with all of these games you've brought up today, you know, how they go and when they release and what kind of reception they get. And if I want to play them, it sounds great. Yeah. I like, like there were some other games I saw as well, which I haven't brought up. Um, and there are some other games that I have in my steam library, um, that are E3 demos that I haven't got a chance to play. Um, one of them that I was really curious was there's like a cat cafe manager that I, that I got a code for and I, I didn't get a chance to organize a meeting because the, the timing never lined up. Um, but I, I, I do want to see that um, as well as like this, there's like a dog rescue simulator as well. And oh. like both of those look so sweet and, and, and lovely. Like it's like, like it's like a, a rehousing thing for, for dogs. Oh, right. Not like you're a firefighter and you have to rescue dogs. No, no. Like, 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 like a dog rescue, like facility. Okay. That sounds, that sounds good. I probably couldn't play that with Sam watching because it's yeah, too be close to home. <laughs> when you say dog rescue you're like oh that sounds like something you can fail <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the time this is completely tangential reminds me of the time that I found that subreddit which was animal rescue gifts in reverse um, oh and yeah so and so it, it just it's just gifts of people putting animals in precarious situations <laughs> so sad stuck and in holes it- where just their back feet is, is sticking out yeah, or like, like, oh, save them! <laughs> like popping like an animal, like on like a on a plank of wood in the middle of the ocean, and then boating away or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's funny watching that, watching those clips because you feel so bad, even though you know that that's completely fake and nothing's happened. The, yeah. In fact, the opposite is true. So it's genuinely a good thing what you've seen, just the wrong way around. Yeah, I remember I posted that in Discord, Kerry, and you started deleting the gifts. You were like, I can't look at these. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I found it really distressing. Like it just like fired off all of the like empathy, like uh, like shortcuts in my brain. I was like, no, fuck, that was funny. Uh, anyway, video games, huh? Yeah, um, love them. That's all for what we've been playing. Uh, we're gonna take a break, um, talk about the question, and then E three. But before that, we need to hear what the question is for the week. What have we got this week, June? Um, what is an art book? What art book would you want from any game of your choice? You can't already own it. Does that make what sense? What is an art book? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> I think that made sense. Uh, 
have a think. We will too. And uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimapcast. Will Jeremy say Shadow of the Colossus? Will I say Aragon? Will June say Red Dead Redemption? June, what is the question for the week? Uh, uh, hang on, let me word this better. <clears throat> what, if you could have any art book from a game that you don't already own the art book for, what art book would it be? Right. This is easier for me because I don't own it really any art books except like mini ones that come with a couple of like cheap collector's editions you know what i mean yeah mm. who wants to go first if it's so easy you go first <laughs> i kind of want to hear your answer first jeremy now that i've put the question to you mine yeah mr so mr I'll- so many art books you can't fit them all on your shelves <laughs> man so I'll, I'll, i was tossing up between two um I, I, I would love an art book that goes through the history of like like Mario sprites and like all the 2D Mario and then like the I would I would have loved to see the original designs for the first iteration of what would have become a 3D Mario. Oh. Um like 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 that transition phase would be really, really interesting. I'd love to see like, you know, them them concepting out, you know, like what does Peach's Castle look like? in 3d um and and that sort of stuff um and like concept art for like you know what the fuck were they thinking when they decided to make a baby mario um (laughs) you know like (laughs) like what like you know like what was the overworld different designs look like all that sort of stuff that stuff would be really interesting to me it's a really good Um, point because you don't really get to see that much behind the scenes for any nintendo properties no, you don't. The Super Mario Maker on the Wii included an art book, um, the special edition, or maybe it was the th- the, the All Stars game that they brought on. One one of those two included. I want to say it was it was Mario Maker, um, which I um, nicked from a pre owned version when back when I worked at um, EB Games, um, and I have that in my bookcase, and it's really good. But it's like the closest thing that I, that I found to to that. Um, which is, which is kind of a shame because like, like with Zelda, at least they brought out those three really nice books, um, which are, are like, yeah. they're really good books. Like they, they are really genuinely like well-crafted books. Um, and Nintendo didn't really do that sort of stuff. They, they, their, their development side is pretty fucking hush, hush. Yeah, it's, it's very opaque, isn't it? You know, it's mm. not. It's very rare to know of a studio that's making the game, like the the studio that's making Breath of the Wild. I don't know who it is. I don't know what to call them. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, you know, like one of the rare glimpses we've ever seen into their development was when they they made that three D version of the original Zelda game. Do you remember for the Switch? Yeah, remember but they, they've got when, a whole. Beh- put that out? Well, that's one of the other things for Breath of the Wild. They've got a behind the scenes breakdown series on YouTube. There's like four parts. It's like one's the yeah. music and then one's, yeah, how they broke down the mechanics of Breath of the Wild into a 2D representation that looks like the original Zelda game. And that's when yeah. they started implementing things like the lightning, the element mechanics, how the lightning reacts to metal and stuff like that and fire and grass and all that stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love a Mario art book. Um, my other one would be like 
these actually might exist. I don't know if they do, um, like the original three Halo games. Um, oh. I'd love to see the concept art for like some of the fucking scenes for that and like, you know, different designs for Master Chief. I, like I know like there there is a lot of, there's a lot of information about um, Halo during its development um, because there was, that, that game went through so many public reiterations, um, you know, with that game starting off as an RTS. Um, in the first in the first Mac World trailer, back when that game was going to be sponsored by Apple to be the to be a, a, a Mac game before Microsoft bought them, um, and then uh, transferring into a third person shooter, then into a first person shooter. There's a lot of stuff on like online um, documenting that, but I'd love like some like really cool like early concept art and stuff like that. So those are those are my answers. Cool. You've thought much more like in depth about it just like thinking like what has pretty art that i want to see more of yeah rather yeah. than like what i want to see the design process <laughs> really quick uh my my third answer would have been i want a super giant art book oh that's my oh, okay well that's dude, my go. answer well, go ahead um i want the super giant art oh book. Man, that's such a good <laughs> but, like, answer not like mine was gonna be just like just Pyre, but then like what it just like all of the games actually yeah, yeah. would be good in like a big thick hardback compilation oh. of like you know character sprites and also backgrounds and uh like yeah like pre like early character design and how they've moved into the new the final designs and stuff. Mm. Something that that's would be like something really that's cool. um that's cool that I noticed when um. I brought that Bioware book of yours over, Jeremy. Um, was that one had a lot of, like, almost, like, articles, you know, and, like, documentary, like, mm. written pieces about, like, titles that didn't get released or the design process of this particular scene and stuff like that. Um, it was really fascinating and, like, a, a good way to keep you going so that you don't just get flooded by images, you know, because I feel like it's very easy with an art book that's mostly just images to just go, Wow, that's so pretty. And then you turn the page, it's like, that's pretty too. So is that. 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 And then all of a yeah, sudden, like, you know, you're not really reading any of it or, or interpreting any of it, you know? Um, yeah, like in giving the context behind the images is like just as important. Um, yeah. Which is why, which is why my last Guardian art book is like my favorite one um, because it, it's yeah. just a complete walkthrough of the entire game. Um, in 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 as many words as there are pictures, um, which is like I liked incredible. the the Last Guardian one as well because it has like the the like level design process or like their thinking behind why they change certain aspects of the level design and stuff, which I think is really neat. Yeah, they have screen grabs of like gray boxes, um, which like yeah. you never see that shit. Mm. I think with um Super Giant, it'd be really cool to see their initial concepts for characters and locations um, just because they they seem so well crafted and so like perfectly made when you see them mm. in game they they seem yeah. they seem perfect um, and I don't They're think so they natural. are but they see they seem like it what's your answer Gary uh went back and forth a bit but i think my answer what i'd really like looking at more is um and i should have said zelda when you said nintendo i was like fuck i should have said zelda um but i think for me <laughs> i'd really want to 
Well, yeah, but like I don't really have any concept of what doesn't doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> just in general, with art books. Like with art books. <laughs> I have no object permanence. Uh, that is a that is a running reference for me. That there must be some truth to that. Um, no, the Final Fantasy art book specifically covering. 10 12 and 13 which actually exists it covers it's 10 through 14 um that art book exists they've got like a series where it's like oh the first six and then like the next four and then the next five um i would really like that though like having spent so many hours in final fantasy 10 and then having spent so many hours in in 12 and 13 um yeah those are those are really foundational uh gaming experiences for me you know they're the they're the kind of things i grew up on in a way where they were the next things after nintendo that like really hooked me and that my brother and i shared for a long time um he didn't play that many other games once i got to a certain age but those are one of that, well that was one of the ones that he did and um we really played that together and enjoyed it but for, for me it was like I, I remember coming downstairs one day like i woke up and dan was i, I said to dan i was like oh, i had a dream about Yuna the other day, who's the summoner for Final Fantasy X, and Dan was like, that's bad. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking about it later, I'm like, that's not that bad. Like, it's not that bad to, like, be a, like, be engrossed in a media and then, like, dream about it. <laughs> but, like, I was just like- You don't control that. It. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But I was just I was just so absorbed in the world of Final Fantasy X at a very yeah. young, impressionable age. Um, it, yeah, it's really cool. And then I love going back. To- have you not? Have you not had dreams about video games since then? No, I definitely have. But I just remember that that moment of telling Dan and Dan being like, "Whoa, that's a whole thing!" And I'm like, oh, "I don't know about that." Not really. <laughs> no, I don't think it is either. But I I, I remember that moment. <laughs> really quick, or maybe this should be a different question corner. But like, do you have any good like video game dream stories? Oh, maybe that should be another question. I know I had one the other day. Um, hang on. It was something like really like bland and general. Let me see if I can remember. Hang on. I know I tweeted about it. So give me two seconds. I think the, I had a, Actually, it might take I think a while. The last time I, someone else, someone else. I think the last time I dreamt about a game, it was when I was sleeping really poorly. Um, and so I, it was more that like I couldn't stop thinking about this game. Like my brain was actively thinking about it to the point where I was hardly sleeping. And it's just like, I want to sleep yeah. and I don't want to think about like Outriders or something. It was something weird that I didn't care that much about and my brain was just fixated on it. I, I, I've had a few Apex ones because I like... Yeah. I'll, like, I'll, 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 I'll just be like so hardwired into it before like I can I can actually distance myself from it before I go to sleep. I think. Um, I wonder if that's what mine and was. I, I, had a, I had a weird one, which was, it was weird because I didn't, like the perspective was just off. I think it was um I think it was Frostpunk. Oh no. I had a Frostpunk one. Yeah. That's a strange one. Yeah, and it was weird because like um you don't walk around in Frostpunk, but like I was just so I was just thinking about it so intently that like I was I was in there, you know. I was like I was really I was really there, man. Mm-hmm. Um but it was really like it was pretty full on. <laughs> I mean that game's full on. No. Yeah. You know who what my dream I'm thinking about um the dream I had where uh, I was taking just like a general, like a nice walk with Jake Gyllenhaal and we we're talking about cowboys. And that was, that was the dream. Uh, 
That, that is a I dream. I can't remember any. That's a different meteor explosion. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like, I can't remember like what, something about, it was something about cowboys. I can't remember if it was like walking down the street talking to like Arthur Morgan or something, but no, it was Jake. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think for, I've definitely, now that you mentioned it, Jeremy, I've definitely had Apex dreams in the last six months. And in them, mm-hmm. I'm always landing the sickest sniper shots. <laughs> well, they're not even sick, but I'm just hitting all of them and I'm not getting down immediately and it feels great. <laughs> and then I wake up and it's like, I want to do that. And then I try and I get like crabbed from like 200 meters away, straight headshot down immediately. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, why do I even bother? <laughs> oh, well, excellent. Uh... What's what's the question for next week, June? I, I really liked thinking about that one. That was fun. Yeah. Um, Jeremy came up with this one. What <laughs> what game world would you want to fly over in Flight Simulator? I forgot about this one. It's pretty good. I think that's great. Mm. I've got a... Oh, I had a... I had, oh, yeah, no, I've got it. I was going to say, oh, I had a hands down answer and I've got it back now. I'll, so I'll, I'll remember that one next time. But yeah, <laughs> the... the there's so many different ones. So how, my, my question is, how does it work for like a 2D world? You know, it's like, oh, I want to fly over Mario, Super Mario Bros. 1. Like, how does that work? Why would you, why? First of all, the first question is why? <laughs> why would you, why? <laughs> well, I need to know uh, how it works before your... I can answer if that's what one of my questions are going to be, you know? That's up to your imagination, you know? Oh, fuck. You, you, can, you can figure it out. You know, like if you want to fly over Tetris, you can. <laughs> It sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> uh, the closer you get to the ground, the louder the... And faster. <laughs> God, imagine trying to land a plane while that gets louder and faster in your ears. But like, but, like some like some like ethereal sound. It's not from any direction. It's just yeah. louder. <laughs> and but then when you when you finally get to landing, it becomes the like Tetris ninety nine music of the like. <laughs> Uh, okay, so it's time to talk about E3 2021. Um, Electronic 3. Electronic 3. Uh, so we were trying to structure this. Uh, well, I was trying to structure it before. Jeremy seemed to be a little uh, resistant to structuring. Um, but <laughs> but the way we're sort of the way we're sort of going to go about this um, is just sort of looking at it through the lens of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And what that means is something that's not really that. It's not like we have to pick one thing each. But just picking a couple of our highlights, maybe a couple of our lowlights, a couple of bizarre yeah. things that happened. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how we felt about this E3 in general. If we, if we don't get to discuss it in what we just say, then we'll also talk about how we felt about the conference overall. But um, uh, I want to hear what you each thought was a slam dunk what you each what each of you were most excited about from this E3 Elden Ring <laughs> <laughs> can't um, believe that's where I'm at well you're you're, you're a Souls tragic one year ago I'd never beat the Souls <laughs> game and now I've now Bloodborne is the only fucking ooh I want to bl- I want to fly for Bloodborne and fly to- no um, <laughs> Now that's all I think about all day, every day. Yo, <laughs> fuck, the game's broken me. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. I don't think there was really a slam dunk for me, to be honest, which is kind of boring. I don't know. Nothing really impressed me. 
or maybe that's the wrong wording. Maybe there was nothing that I was sort of like hoping for that came to light. Right. Yeah. So. Like we didn't really see Splatoon 3. Yeah. We didn't see Red so Dead Redemption I, I, 3. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know I, I, know. I know I asked you this yesterday, but I forgot the answer. So I'm going to ask you again, June. Did you watch the Wholesome mm-hmm. Direct? Yes, I did watch Wholesome Direct. Right. Okay. Yep. Did you, did you enjoy that? Yeah, I, I liked that. I liked that. But um, yeah, you know what? Maybe that, that is my favorite. I think that was my favorite conference. It was I definitely think. mine. <laughs> yeah. Between that and um, Gorilla. Just because it was so, it was so just like snappy. Like here's all these games for an hour. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have any, and apart from there's like a little bit of commentary in between, but like nothing fucking like the PC gaming show. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was fun. I like that one. And they're also like, even if you don't, even if it's not your kind of game, you look at it, you go, oh, someone's going to love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, you definitely, mm. in some of the bigger conferences, you could definitely go a while where there's like, oh, here's the next entry in like Age of Empires. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Or Homeworld. Yep. Um. <laughs> Homeworld 3 in development. <laughs> I think for me, the biggest hit was... Guardians of the Galaxy, which is oh my God. <laughs> interesting because I, I really liked that whole conference. And maybe that was just because I was writing the I was writing my enjoyment of Guardians of the Galaxy like over the over the top of it. Um but I really, really liked their presentation for a few reasons. Um one of them being like it was one of the most classical E3 presentations I've seen this year. Yeah. Where where yeah. they gave you a big chunky demo of like that was about 10 minutes. It was a little bit too long. But they gave you. They gave you. It was. De- it was definitely too long. For, for me, it was. It but, was. It was only like ten percent too long. But uh, I know for others, it was more like fifty percent too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I kind of loved how how in depth it went. Like it reminded me of like of E three like ten years ago, where you see, and I think I said something similar to this for the Horizon demo, which I thought was also really good and lengthy in that same way. Uh, the Horizon uh, Forbidden West one. Um, whereas that like. That ten minute demo where they give you the sort of the, the like look around of the area and if there's like a maybe a cutscene with a character and they chat and then they like cut away pretty quickly and then they they go into like walking around in a gameplay area and then it becomes combat and then you like get near the boss and then it like cuts at the end like I don't know there's something about the pacing of those which used to be incredibly prevalent it used to be like the only way we saw games at E3 um, yeah there was something about seeing that in this trailer for a game that I didn't really know was coming and I didn't really know what to expect from looking so complete and it's going to be here in like five months. And it kind of gave me like mm. uncharted, like story adventure vibes, which is like, mm. I want more of those games. I'm totally happy to have more of those. So I, I was really stoked to see that, honestly. Um, are we um, Are we going to get into this? Did Jeremy, did you want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy? I would love to talk about Guardians All right, of the Galaxy. All right, here we go. Let's do that because I actually do want to know your opinion because I'm kind of... Um, Mixed well, yeah, well that's it. the thing we we like june said oh jerry well you asked both of us i think like what did you think and then we were like we'll yeah. talk about it on the podcast <laughs> yeah uh i think that games look like shit uh, <laughs> what yeah really why i think i think it i think it like it looks like that's really surprising i'm really surprised so am i honestly um i think i think it just it just looks like the avengers just offline and to me that is not at all what i want from those games um the designs of the characters to me just look like movie light versions. Um, the the actual g- gameplay, it just looks like the same combat that's in the Avengers, which I didn't enjoy. 
Um, it's too light and too, too almost button mashy. It looks like, um, I, th- I think, I think it's a good move to only have one playable character so that they can like expand that one playable character to make it the, the, be- the best version of playing that game. Um, but like the, the, the interactions with the other guardians seem like really light, um, seem just like a contextual, like, Hey, someone in Drax to do a combo move. Um, and like, uh, like they've done that in Marvel ultimate Alliance. Like I, I kind of want something a little bit more than that. Um, the, the look of the game didn't like, it didn't look like a real big, like next gen game. And like, obviously it's still running on PS4 and stuff. And there's a switch version coming out, which is hilarious. Um, via like via the streaming tech oh can um, we just say though when when jeremy and i were watching the nintendo direct a couple of nights ago and we saw guardians we were like what yeah we were like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> um yeah i like the the combat just looked real nothingy to me and the the writing wasn't really there um the 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 quips like and like uh, we, we we spoke about this on stream but like the like when, when when you do a demo, you you turn up the 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 dialogue up to max, so you're talking basically all the way throughout it, and that's fine. That's not going to be as like consist like a constant, not, not consistent. Yeah, constant um all the way throughout. Um, but what what I heard like wasn't like funny. <laughs> um, and as in like when they're when they're like out in the world. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, and like. I don't know if I really want like, you know, Drax will remember this in like my Guardians of the Galaxy game. I don't know what that really like, like, I don't, I don't know what that really brings to a game like that because you know, they're going to be there the entire time. Like there's not going to be a point in that game where like you've been so mean to Rocket that he leaves. It's fucking Rocket. <laughs> like I can't see any major consequences coming out of that, like out of that system. So they, um, they talk about that. I, specific- I oh, sorry, can. Go Sorry, I just want to say something quickly. Yeah. I think uh, the way I look at it is, is from a, a Dragon Age perspective because it, it looks and plays like Dragon Age Inquisition, like exactly like Dragon Age Inquisition, including the dialogue and choosing between who you want to side with and stuff. Sure. Um, I don't know. I can I can see how consequences and stuff would come to light later in the game. Maybe like um, – Rocket doesn't want to air his idea anymore, so you don't get to do a certain storyline because you've pissed him off, or stuff like that. And like what this game was being described as prior to and, and after the reveal as well was um, less. What was it like? Like they said, like less Destiny, more Mass Effect, or something. Um, yeah. In terms of it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not live service, and you were doing more like you know, you love a crew, you love a like, and it like. But th- I think. I think that is a concept I think can can work with this, but I think knowing how Avengers works, knowing how like Marvel's Avengers functions as a game, this being made by the same studio, they, there's going to be a lot of like uh, there's going to be a lot of back and forth between those two games. It's not the same in, studio. In, uh, Adios Interactive worked on Avengers. Yeah, but it wasn't their thing. They were helping Crystal. That was Crystal's game. Like that sure, was more yeah, like man I mean, now is just getting in there to probably like finish up, like tighten up the graphics sh- on level three. You know what I mean? Like they're not in there <laughs> doing the design. Sure. But I, I don't, I don't, 
Don't you think they would have sort of learnt their lesson from what happened with Avengers? So, so like, so like, they they've said that this game is not is not a reaction to Avengers, which I think is good because you don't want a game to be a reaction to another game. You you do want it yeah. to stand on its own. I also, um, which is also why this game is not live service. You know, which is which is a good thing for this game. I also want to say I think it would would have been impossible for Guardians to have been a reaction to Avengers because I think yeah. by the time you've got a game that's that large. That's a year out because yeah. by the time Avengers came out, that's that's thirteen months away from the proposed release date for Guardians. Trains on the tracks, mm. you know, like that. Yeah. That game's coming no matter what it's going to be, or it's going to be severely delayed, which it hasn't been. So I I don't think it's yeah. had any time or room to really adapt that much from it. Maybe a little bit, but not too much. Totally, and and I think and I think that's why I'm going to not enjoy it because it does look a lot like Avengers visually, gameplay wise. And I'm curious, structure-wise, if it's going to be functioning the same way. Um, but Jeremy, they put "Holding Out for a Hero" over the top of like every scene. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, that's my favorite song. <laughs> I I I truly do love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies with my whole heart. But it's it is it, it like I I do feel like it is now become a, it is a shame that those movies are now so tied with like '70s rock music and pop music because like it feels like they don't need to they don't need to be tied to that you can just do a guardians of the galaxy space romp with a bunch of misfits in space that have reluctantly become a team um and like now suicide squad is also that um which is like hilarious (laughs) in its own in its own way um because i wonder if that game is also going to have a ton of pop music when that suicide squad game comes out as well um yeah, I don't know. I, I, there was really nothing there that spoke to me about like wanting to, wanting to play. Well, like, like, not, I'm gonna play it. Nothing about that game spoke to me in in any way that's gonna make me think I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, and I think like where I landed on it was like this Guardians team feels like it could show up in the Avengers. Um, and to me, that's not a positive. So like I, I I have a I have a I have a list here of 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 all the conferences that I watched and I scored them all. Um, <laughs> do, do, do we want to keep talking about Guardians or do we like because like this was going to lead into how I how I rated Square as a whole? Uh, no, I think I think I'm done with Guardians. I think I've got one thing to say, which is a criticism, Jeremy. You'll be pleased to know. Um, but <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, really quick. I don't. I'm not sitting here going. I love to hate this. No, <laughs> not, I know. I that's know. not. That's not me. I, I don't. I don't ever. I don't ever want to go into a game knowing that I, that it's going to be shit. Which is why I was pleasantly surprised. Su- surprised with the opening surprised. mission of um, Avengers, for example, which I thought was genuinely great. Oh, that mission um, is is genuinely terrific game design and narrative yeah. storytelling. That that first mission yeah. of Avengers is affecting. It's great. Yes. Um, something I did notice watching the demo again, it was just like, oh, it's interesting having protagonists because they're out in the storm. They're kind of like yelling at each other the whole time. That's interesting. You don't normally see that. And then by the end of that demo, I was like, wow, they've been yelling the whole time. That's kind of exhausting. Yeah. But also like Drax, Rocket and Quill kind of ended up all sounding the same. Like their voice actors don't sound too, too different between each other, which I found to be a bit grating. Um, so I, I like it's not like I think their performances are bad but all of them together they're not distinct enough to like separate or be not 
meshing in together and then like i don't know that that was a bit grating on me i, I did find but um i'm still overall like excited you, about it it's like when you listen to a podcast for like you listen to a new podcast for the first time and you can't differentiate the voices of who's talking <laughs> giant podcast <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> um you just gotta listen more yeah just, Besides, just there's three yeah it's just like a podcast. game where it's just, just to- get to the end of chapter five and it gets good <laughs> um just continue, just bouncing off yeah. off square as a whole um what's the name of the game that's dead to me oh babylon's fall babylon's fall <laughs> oh my god god square so Christ. jeremy why were you excited about this game originally okay so babylon's fall was a game developed um by platinum um and it, they, it got announced like early last year or no, i think it was 18 year? months ago i think it was end of what would that been 2019 i think we saw right okay um had a reveal trailer bunch of combat cool world cool enemies good looking platinum combat you know you know how platinum combat works it's fast and fun um a million particles at once yeah right um, also not stuck on switch which was cool Yes. And I was like, I was into it. I was like, hell yeah. New IP from Platinum, published by Square. I mean, this would be great. I love Nia. Give me something that, like, give me something that's different, but like adjacent to that. Anyway, we don't see it for a while. Platinum starts to really go down the shitter in terms of what's been happening with them, getting taken off projects, putting out games, changing games, delays. We haven't seen. Uh, Bayonetta 3 in far too long something wrong is happening at, at Platinum we don't know what Square Enix conference happens we see Babylon's Fall they announce Babylon's Fall as a live service game they show <laughs> off what it looks like now it looks not good the the art style has been worsened in a way that I didn't know I didn't I don't I don't know why it, it, it looks like that now have you gone um, back and watched the original trailer yeah, it it does look more similar than I realized. Sure, it looks similar, but it it does look worse. Like the 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 reveal trailer looked better. It just looked like a better game. I don't know what happened. Now there's like co-op and there's like live service elements, and I'm sitting there going like, why the what the fuck happened to that? Like <laughs> that was not a live service game when we first saw it. What the fuck are you doing, Square? Why would you mandate that game become a fucking live service game? Yeah, just like, another one. Not. A, yeah, another one because they need more apparently. Um, yeah, just like big poo poo on you. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I've, I've, yeah, I don't know, I'm just look how they massacred my boy. Square um, also announced that like pixel collection, collection, the like remasters oh of the first God, six Final yeah. Fantasy games, and it was like a thirty second trailer where they didn't show any footage of the games. And then they're which, all coming out separately, cool. and they're not—they're only coming to PC and mobile. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> Switch. Um, and that they're apparently the bad versions of the of those games as well. They're the, they're the bad they're the bad art style versions of those games. Um, so, so I rated Square Enix Conference a four out of ten. I'm, I'm, I might bump Is it. A- I might bump it down to a three. On the good, the bad, and the ugly scale, is that a bad or is that an ugly? That's a bad. There's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All boys are ugly. Um, that was the 
third lowest ranked conference that I that I saw. Um, I can already tell you what the other two are. <laughs> um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to go through them very quickly yeah. um, and just uh, just give the numbers basically, and I'll start by with the high. I'll go from highest to lowest. Um, so the two highest that I have with eight point five out of ten was Wholesome Games and Gula Collective, um, two independent game showcases, both really good, showcased a lot of unique voices, showed some unique games, just all in all a really good time, totally, totally fun. Um, some of the best fun I had watching E3. Uh, next, we have, we have a, with a shared score of eight out of 10, we have both Microsoft and Devolver. Um, Microsoft had a really good showing relative to everyone else um, and also genuinely pretty good. It's probably the best show they've had ever, honestly. Um, thinking back to their other shows, this was like... I don't know about ever. I mean, no, but like, like their, in, in comparison to their shows, they had a really solid showing of like a lot of good games. And I don't know. That, that year that they... That the, that the year, was it last year when they announced that they were acquiring all those studios? That year was a good year. But um, I mean, it, See, look, it, it, I think I don't know. This year was kind of boring for me. That had more announcements, but this I think was better in terms of like all but like four of those games coming to Game Pass Day One, which is like the most exciting thing. And, and also for Xbox, yeah. some of them are actually coming in the next twelve months, which is important. Yeah, that's true. And that Redfall game looks fucking cool. Cinematic trailer. See, I know, but it's like I would like to. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I don't know how well uh, Arcane are going to be able to pull off of a four-person multiplayer and c- keep with their level of storytelling that they can do normally with a single-player game. That's a, that that is that is That's a good opinion. that is a good concern. Um, and now that you mention it as well, also their like their level design and stuff like that because they're normally making like immersive sims like Prey and um, exactly Dishonored exactly, and I feel like. If when I when I play a game like that, I want to that I don't want to play that multiplayer. Like I want to experience the story by myself and be able to. I don't know. You ever play a storyline multiplayer game and you can't focus on the story because your dipshit friends are doing other shit like in a, two rooms like ahead of yeah. you. You're trying to focus on the story, and like like that's not what I want from a game by a studio that is so good at you know first uh, one player storyline games like. It's part of why Sea of Thieves works so well is because there's none of that. <laughs> you just fuck around as long as you want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's a story in Sea of Thieves, but it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> like, no it, it, it serves um, no purpose. Um, the, and uh, also, I'm sick of vampires. There's a lot of vampires. A lot of, lot of vampires this year. Right. A lot of vampires. A lot of vampires. Um, Although these ones are kind of sexy, so maybe I'll allow it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of into the characters in this one as well. So like I'm 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 more yeah. here for that. Um, I I think I do trust Arcane's level design, like like they're like I I I I feel like they've got the chops to make a good four player immersive Sims. <laughs> yeah, you see that that <laughs> is, con- the concept of that sounds impossible. <laughs> like, how does that work? Because mm, playing with your like, friends I'm, immediately I'm, breaks that immersion. I'm I'm fascinated to see how they pull that off. Um, yeah. If they do pull it off, they might not. Um, it might not be an immersive sim. It just they just they just might be stretching their their legs in a different area. You know, maybe maybe yeah. Um, talk about Sea of Thieves. Um, June about two weeks ago, I was playing Sea of Thieves with Kerry, and for I think like Byron an hour as well. Yeah, for like an hour, 
um, because we we'd finished Halo and we still had time to play. <laughs> um, um, and we were like playing, and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if they put like parts of the Caribbean music in this game. That would be sick. <laughs> I said that fucking two weeks ago, you yeah. know, and like all of a sudden they heard you. They heard me. Um, I'm 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 pretty excited by that. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. We'll, is fun. we'll have to play it, please. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones. Is did, did they? I'm assuming um, they didn't get Johnny Depp as the voice. No, actor for no, that, it's, right? it's 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 the guy they get. It's pretty for the easy Johnny to Depp. do it. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. it's the guy they get to do Jack Sparrow in in the other Disney games, like like Kingdom Hearts awesome. and stuff. And yeah, he does a hell of a job. He does a fucking extraordinarily. He does. Well job. Yeah. Um, that looks like fun. Um. And like like they showed other stuff there like on Xbox as well like Halo looks really good I'm excited for it and like they showed 100%. the multiplayer the multiplayer showcase um the day after and it looks really good I'm really excited for it um the the concept of buying a battle pass whenever you want and then it never expiring and then being able to buy more than one at a time as they bring them out and choose which one you want to buy and put progress towards each di- different one um is like really good that's like a great way to do that um, it reduces all chance of like FOMO in that game in a way that is really like relieving, um, and I like it. Just looks great. I'm I'm super keen. Um, you know, Devolver once again. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Nina. So good. The the only um, dis- I was kind of disappointed. They only showed like what six games or something. Yeah, at Devolver yeah, this I, year. yeah, yeah. Um, and. I don't know. I was waiting for the. T- I was waiting for the blood, and there's no blood in this. One, so. <laughs> well, there was the disgusting beast from Carry On in the back. <laughs> I I quite appreciated how not quite as off the wall it was in this one, but it was still absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I I've, it was um I found- it was more it was more funny and less like whoa what is happening. <laughs> it, it, it was a bit less surreal this year. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I found that really off putting in years past, where it's like. I've seen screenshots of, yeah, like Nina, like spitting blood and like yelling at an audience at the same time. I'm like, I oh, don't want to watch what this is. But this this year was great. You know, you get to watch a couple of people eat chili dogs a bunch of times. And that one, <laughs> the thing that got me was that one scene where Nina's sitting on like a plank and the two bodybuilders like lift her up and carry her around the room yeah. for her to eat more chili dogs. And those bodybuilders were doing a fantastic job. They were doing yeah, so well. Yeah. yeah. It was it was just another addition into the into the the saga that is Devolver Digital's. Um, uh, just below um, Microsoft and Devolver, I have scored Nintendo Direct with seven point five. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I didn't, you know. I'm you not know a- what it was? Pardon? You know what it was? It was the port show. Here are all these games we're porting to the Switch. Yeah, nothing new though. But like games porting to the <laughs> Very Switch few new. that like <laughs> that like you didn't know weren't going to be on Switch. You know that were already big yeah. for something. Like like Dread is clearly a 3DS game on Switch. Um, Metroid Dread yeah. that is. Um, yeah, I, you, <laughs> for me, what Nintendo was thinking back on it, that direct was an excellent 3DS direct. And not <laughs> not an excellent Switch Direct. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we got yeah. that if we got that WarioWare game announcement for 3DS, fucking fantastic. You know, A plus yeah. plus. If we got and and Advance Wars and Dread and the Mario Party thing, which I know wouldn't run on there because they tried that and it didn't work. But like a lot of those games were fan like absolutely fantastic, must buy day one 3DS games, and on Switch they're just great games. And that's you're not- absolutely right. In- <laughs> Well, I was going to say, like, it also feels like we got all these 3DS games and, like, the Wii U game at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, like, hey, that's fine. You know, it's not it's not meant to be a knock against those games. Um, and WarioWare is exciting that there's finally a new one on Switch. That's great. That's fa- yeah. that, that literally very, is really very the best announcement. Um, and yeah. I love the concept of Advanced Wars Reboot Camp. I'm absolutely in love with that name. And I think the way they've modernized the style is great. Seeing Breath of the Wild 2 is great. Kind of feels like an inevitability at this point, but really interesting and breaking it down is fun. And and everyone, the people are really excited about Mario Party, the, the N64 sort of curated collection. Um, I've heard I've heard some good are things. You guys, um, are you guys going to play Danganronpa if it's on Switch? I've still got your PS4 version in my book. You sure do. <laughs> I, should, I should play that. Um. And probably not. Probably more likely to play it on Switch than I am on PS4. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, because it is a handheld game. It was for Vita, so like. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Um, also, did you all see that Advance Wars One and Two Reboot Camp or whatever is um, that's a full price game. But yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, I don't. It's not a new game, though. It's a new game, but it's not a new game. Yeah, but it's two games. Yeah, but it's not, they're not $40 each. No, but it's been fully remade. Yeah. It looks fantastic. It looks great. It, it, it looks good. I don't know if it's, like, 80 bucks. What do you mean it's a GBA game remastered in 2021? Uh, yeah. A couple of you were disappointed that they didn't show off more fucking N64 ports. <laughs> I, I told. Is that what you said? Is that really what you said? No, I just said that. That's what I was so wanting sad. before the conference started. <sighs> that and the anyway, Wii U ports. I want. Hey, the, I want the Wii U remasters of Zelda on Switch. Super Super Monkey Ball, though. That looks fun. I'm excited to yeah. play that. Yeah, I'll play that. Yeah. The thing that got me was Jerry was like, <laughs> "Oh wow, that's so cool! I'm really excited to play it on a modern console." I'm like, "Did you play the re-release that came out with two years ago?" And you're like, "No." I'm like, "What's changed?" I didn't know that. I didn't know that existed. To be perfectly, you clear. worked yeah. at EB Games when that game came out. That barely showed up. I don't. I don't remember that at all. You know how many games I sold? <laughs> I'm gonna remember them. It's like when a customer comes in and goes, "Oh, you remember me?" I'm like, "Nah." <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, we've got we've got really in the weeds here. <laughs> Yeah, also scored seven point five was Summer Games Fest. I thought that was a pretty good show. Their kickoff event. Yeah, um, it was. It was fun. Um, Jeff Goldblum was there and called Jeff Keeley like strange iterations of Jeff. He called him Joffrey. Um, it was funny. <laughs> he called him Joff. Um, and who was the other like? Oh, that's right. John Carlos Esposito was there. Um, oh, and he was a delight to watch. That to interview, interview was fantastic. It was so authentic. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was great. Um, um, as a good palate cleanser after stuff. Ryan Reynolds' pre-recorded uh, portrait mode yeah, phone yeah. interview. <laughs> yep. Um, going down the lists, uh, scored an eight. Uh, sorry, scored a six point five was Ubisoft. 
Um, oh no, sorry. Just above that, score to seven was PC Gaming Show. Um, I thought that was fine. Um, I, I I enjoyed that show and a lot of games there that I'm looking forward to. Um, if you ask me what they are, I couldn't tell you because I've seen so many games exactly. in the past seven days. Yeah, but it's because I've seen so many games in the past seven days. No, Wario- it's because they were all fucking No, I forgot where existed until someone said Wario Medieval games. <laughs> I, I must admit, June, I was surprised to hear you say how unhappy you were with that show. Um, I- Wait, all right, so my mindset at the time, I was so tired. <laughs> I did not want to be there. Um, I don't know why they you were, watched it. They were trying to be fucking Devolver or something with, like, their stupid presenters. It was not funny, it was, like, at it was all. It was funny enough. It was charming. No, it wasn't. It was bad. It was like It was like, you know what it was like? It was like, uh, I don't know, like a kid's TV show on fucking cheese TV. Like, it was like, it wasn't yes. It wasn't. That good. is a good point. Great. It wasn't good. It was good. fun. No. It wasn't fun. And the games were bad. (laughs) (laughs) The games were bad. Uh, I also want to point out that they didn't have audio for the first 90 seconds. Yeah, exactly. That was was funny because then they had that character called like Glitch or whatever. And like they're talking about how like it went off without a hitch or whatever. (laughs) Apologies for the cat, by the way. Uh, Day Nine is a very charismatic man, and I could watch him do like five-hour interviews. Um, Ubisoft six point five out of ten, pretty lame, but not bad. Just lame. No- yeah. Nothing really there apart from Rocksmith, um, which looks great. Like Rocksmith looks really genuinely really cool, um, and everything did, else is kind of just like I don't care about. Did you end up seeing the the presentation they did for that tune? No, I haven't watched it yet. I should. Be. So it's you know Rocksmith that came out like seven years ago. It's that same property, but um, the idea mm. is you they can do it through microphones now, through like your phone or through a computer. Oh, cool! That's neat. So you can use it on an acoustic guitar or a bass guitar um, mm. or an electric guitar. And I I don't they have, I don't know if they've announced whether it's playable with the original cable as well, but you'd, you'd imagine it could be. Um, but that makes it so much more it's accessible, mic, right? It should be. Yeah, yeah, because I remember it was it was always really super hard to find um, the peripherals and stuff you needed to go with that game. Like I remember when when Rocksmith came out, like I don't think it was was like originally very popular in the first place. Um, I don't know. I just remember at work like we just never had it in because like it was so hard to 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 get and like I don't know. Well, the, the problem was it, it it's not like a guitar here or a guitar where it's like oh sixty bucks for a toy. It's like you need to go out and find a cheap electric guitar, which you'd be lucky to pay less yeah. than 100 or $150 for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, may, that meant that you were actually learning on an instrument. It's really a, a, a practicing tool. Um, but making it this yeah. much more accessible with... Now, it is a subscription service, but making it this much more accessible by making it being able to be used with microphones, with more guitars that way. I mean, hopefully it's accurate. You, you have to hope it's accurate enough through microphone. Um, but yeah, having it be that much more accessible is so cool because I always loved the concept of it. As someone who has um, literally practiced instruments before and as someone who has played Guitar Hero and that's like, oh, this is fun. Maybe I want to do this a bit more. But, I, you know, this is an awesome tool that like it really shows you like it's like they just put Guitar Hero onto a normal fretboard of a guitar. That's so impressive. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I really I would love to give it a go like just to to give my 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 games mechanics like 
brain like a thing like oh how do they make this fun and how do they make this work but also like from a music perspective like how do they step up the complexity and what kind of feedback do they give mm. you like I'm, I'm so curious and excited about this concept of this game um and mm. i have been for years so yeah I'll, I'll probably end up giving it a go yeah and like as someone who knows guitar a, 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 an amateur amount um and also has played Guitar Hero and knows that Guitar Hero doesn't really teach you anything about guitar. Um, this is like I'm 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 super excited for this. This it, it looks it looks really cool. Um, and like th- there are versions like this already on mobile devices. Um, and in terms of like note recognition and like chord recognition and sound, um, they're they're really good. Um, I've I very rarely had an issue where like I'd play a D chord and it would be like I didn't hear anything. Um, like it's it they're they're really good. Um, aside from that, yeah, there was nothing really at Ubisoft that I was really excited about. Rabbits 2 looks good. Um, Mario and Rabbits 2. Yep. Um, but aside from that, like... How about Avatar the game? <laughs> it's a cinematic trailer for, like, a, a property that no one likes. Oh, ha- who, who's throwing cinematic trailer around at me now? <laughs> Mr. Redfall? <laughs> yeah, but at least... At least I have an idea of what an arcane game is going to be. It's a multiplayer co-op arcane game. You've no idea what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, at moving ga- on. At least, that, at least that trailer had style. Who? Okay, let me ask you just a, a quick... Uh, let me just ask a question to the board. Who cares about Avatar? <laughs> I mean, I did when the original movie came out, but that was like half of my life ago. Yeah, right? That was 2008. That movie came out. Yeah, I, I was actually trying to exaggerate, but that was literally half of my life ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I'm sure like, um, James Cameron cares a little bit apparently so he wants to make a million of them but like yeah you keep telling yourself that buddy it's it's a really weird weird property one one thing of it exists only one <laughs> a movie that is not even loved I loved I it when it came lo- out seeing it in, in IMAX when I was 13 oh my god it was incredible yeah sure it was like exciting when it came out because it looked really good. But like, name two characters in that movie for me. Uh, Gamora. Do you know her name in the movie? Uh, exactly. Alex Mason. <laughs> Do you know his name in the movie? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least I know this. Unobtainium. Not obtaining yet. Phoebe's brother um, from Friends is in it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 R- 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 Rubieri is in his last name. Um, uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, Jake Sully and Natiri are at least characters in the movie Avatar. Yeah. Um, anyway, but let's like, stop talking about it. <laughs> ex- exactly right. Who cares about Avatar? All right, rounding it out. Four out of ten. Like I said before, Square Enix. Three out of ten, gearbox. Oh my god! What? It's Go a, off, Carrie. This conference went for thirty minutes. It was fifteen minutes at least of Randy Pitchford walking around the Borderlands <laughs> movie set and bothering bringing, people. <laughs> just bothering people. <laughs> just, just like. Being like, oh, hey, here's the director, Eli Roth, who I'm sure doesn't have anything important to do on a movie set during COVID. 
and is just so everyone has to take their masks off while they're talking to Randy, but like no one, the like everyone's got the mo- void of Randy Pitchford as well. <laughs> and he's just walking around, and someone's on their phone. It feels like, or maybe it was just like a handheld Sony or something, and and just bothering all these important people who just and they they're not prepared because Randy's just rocked up, so they don't have like they don't have like exciting talking points to say, and then. The whole thing's cut with like quick 20 second interstitials of people saying Homeworld 3 is coming, which is fine. Nothing against that game, but it's a terrible way to introduce it. And then the most exciting game announcement they had there was that Godfall, the game that not really anyone bought or enjoyed that much on PS5, is coming to PS4. That's the biggest announcement they had there. Before (laughs) Randy Pitchford knocked on Kevin Hart's trailer, who also wasn't prepared for an interview. And then we listen, we have to be a part of this really awkward interaction for five minutes oh it was, it was a waste of time an absolute waste of time i wish i could get that half an hour back <laughs> it was it was very bad it was truly bad and there was also these weird like interstitial cuts of like homeland what is it homeland is homeworld. That the name of the game so that's the thing homeworld. like they, they said it so many times that like people stopped hearing it yeah and and this weird like Borderlands University joke that I couldn't tell if it was real or not kept on playing and it, after the Devolver it was like so piss weak. Yeah. Um, and they had that they had like one voice line from the the person who plays Sheldon's girlfriend in Big Bang Theory who's actually a really smart person in real life. Um, Maya Bialik I think is her name and she had like she spoke for like a minute and then was gone. <laughs> isn't she an anti vaxxer what really? I'm pretty sure she's an anti-vaxxer. Hold on, everyone. All right, Vamp, I'm 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 on the case. R- Randy is so tall and big and such a CEO guy, and <laughs> Kevin Hart is is quite small, and yet, like, the, the 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 fucking dynamic between them was so fucking weird because Randy's so greasy and like his hair is like you know his his haircut would cost more than all of my clothes put together and and Kevin Hart comes out of his trailer in like a like a big puffy jacket probably because he's you know you spend there's a lot of downtime when you're on a set right and he's talking to him and Kevin Hart is he, he to be fair to his credit he falls into the PR mode of himself really quickly he starts talking about like you know Hey, credit to all you gearbox, credit to Lionsgate stuff. You know, he's, he, he, he rattles off everybody that is paying for this movie. Like that man knows how to get that check. Um, whereas Randy just feels like when you, when the bot, when the boss brings his kid into work and everybody at the workplace has to humor the kid, um, and that is boss. exactly what it felt like. And the boss, it's, it's what I felt like. It was so fucking awful. Kerry, have you got it? <laughs> Maya Bialik is setting the record straight about what she says has been an, quote, inaccurate, unquote, internet rumor for years. She's not an anti-vaxxer. And she goes on to say, uh, this year I'm going to do something I literally haven't done in 30 years. I'm going to get a vaccine. And guess what? I'm actually going to get to. So she was an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> no. So the thing is, she says, um, I've never not once said that vaccines are not valuable, not useful or not necessary because they are. She d- she explains that she delayed vaccinations for reasons, quote, you don't necessarily get to know about simply because you follow me on social media, unquote. What other reasons are there not to get a vaccine? I love the, this, this, this is such a, 
I'm getting a lot of questions that should be answered by I'm not an anti-vaxxer shirt that I'm currently wearing. <laughs> uh, her children um, are vaccinated. I think it, I think she's saying she thinks people vaccinate for too many things, but for like very important things, they're very good. So I don't know. Right, so yeah, so she's an idiot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> finally, the final showcase that I graded with a whopping one out of ten. <laughs> It's Coke Media. Prime sorry, time. sorry. Koch, Koch Media. Oh, yeah, that's right. Koch Primetime. It was fucking abysmal. <laughs> I, 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 I did not even watch it. I watched kind of funny watching it and I still didn't finish it. It was truly one of the worst things I've ever seen in games. Like just terribly put together. So the structure of this is... They will. It went for I think I went for, I think it went for like two hours or something. It went for yeah, it a did. long it time. Did. Two what hours the hell? Which is the longest conference and I think. It was the longest conference, and I think they showed twelve games, um, which means ten minutes each. So, what happened is what they would do is they'll introduce the game. They would show. Actually, sorry. Let me let me let me start that again. They would sometimes introduce the game and sometimes show gameplay. <laughs> They would then have a Koch Media representative talk to a developer for about eight and a half minutes. <laughs> now, I've done interviews with developers. I've never once felt the need to go for eight and a half minutes of just consistent back and forth questioning. <laughs> Even in a half an hour meeting that I have had at times, I've never felt to have a full eight and a half minute interview, especially not one that would be on video, especially not one that would be streamed, especially not one that would be shown off at E3. The questions that were asked included things like, what is it like working with a publisher like Cock Media? Like it is, it is so sterile. It is so fake. It is so abysmal. It was so dreary. And, and, and the thing that was, the thing that threw me the most is that what would happen is there would be an interview with the developer and there would be no direction for that developer at all. And so they would just be talking and most developers, nearly all developers, they're not media trained, right? When you do an interview with someone and you know that you're going to be on stage, for the most part, you get someone that's either been media trained or you talk about the questions beforehand so that you can get a good answer. And that's not so that you can like be in on the interview or whatever. That's just a courtesy thing to do oftentimes so that the, the, the people that someone's going to answer the question has a rough idea of what they're going to talk about so they can start formulating answers in a way that makes everybody's life easier so they're not rambling. Anybody. Anyway, they were all rambling in this. They were just going off the chain. Their cameras were like off to the side. They were blown out. They were the wrong angled. They were like, it was terrible. It was so bad. No one at, at Coke Media decided to like let them know, hey, maybe just angle the camera so you're in the middle or front on as opposed to <laughs> the cameras looking up their nostrils or like, you know, four feet above their head looking down on them. It was so bad. It was so, so bad. Those kind of camera angles work fine when you're doing like a Discord 
like media pitch or whatever, right? Like part some of my interviews were video interviews, which I just didn't turn on my camera. No one asked me to, which was fine. But like some of the developers had their cameras on so they could, you know, talk more expressively and stuff like that. And, you know, like some of their camera angles are not great, but like I didn't care because it was a meeting for me, right? It wasn't a thing that was going to be streamed and put out fucking on the internet. As part of E3, it was terrible. It was boring. It was slow. And it was like an offensive waste of time. <laughs> so so why did you give it a one and not a zero? Uh, because I don't believe in zeros. <laughs> <laughs> no, because well, because I'm just going to make ten real hard down. for you. <laughs> because as <laughs> as as a functional video, it existed. I can hit play and watch it from beginning to end. <laughs> I got that part right. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I saw from that presentation was a tweet from I think the kind of funny vids account, which was like, "Coke Media has broken Greg," and it's a screenshot of Greg from the you know he the little square sitting- that they've got, <laughs> and he's sitting all the way in the back of the shot, sitting on his bed like eating a snack. He's just like, he's totally clocked off. He stopped. Like they they were going back and forth in between that and another stream that was happening at the same time. Um, And every now and again, they would like cut to the other stream for about five or so minutes and cut back and the same person would be talking. (laughs) It was awful. It was the worst thing. So, and that, and that kind of, you know, like we've kind of been shitting on the on the worst conferences here, but like I think it leads me to something I saw on Twitter, which was like you have to wonder whether these because people kept saying it's okay not to show something if you don't have anything. People kept saying that on Twitter as like as like a a response to these particular conferences. Um, but something that I also saw was someone say you have to wonder whether it was a part of. Um, E3's contract that they have um, space will be a part of E3 that they put on some sort of presentation at some point um, in order to secure a spot for next year or something like that. Because, mm. um, you know, E3 is, like the ESA specifically is known for having very high entry costs and kind of strange stipulations for uh, their exhibitors and their publishers to abide by, which is why people like EA and Microsoft and Sony have left those conferences and the, and the show floor to host across the road or um, just no, not Mark, do Microsoft it. is still there. Oh, right. I thought, I thought they were always at Microsoft theater. I thought they were at Microsoft theater last time. Did they do both? No, their, their, their conference is still part of E3 as a whole. Oh yeah. But they're not on the show floor is what I meant because like specific, like I know right, it's not okay. necessarily the same thing, but like that, you know, they're not paying for the exhibitor space, which is like sure, yeah, yeah. six or you. seven figures apparently to exhibit at E3. Um, yeah, it's a ridiculous amount. Yeah. So like you, you have to wonder whether there was some sort of stipulation because some of these really were thrown together and they were like look we've got some graphics people and we've got a voiceover guy let's put this together some of it was like we've got developers we've got 12 games let's just talk about them games i've not really heard of that much or games that were being ported to switch that were received all right like kingdom come deliverance or something like that you know a medieval game from two years ago like not that many people I know actually, of. i actually wonder if it was the opposite this year i wonder if this year they said to the like to all their partners like hey we're gonna lower the cost of entry to do a presser because we want as many announcements as we can because we know there's not going to be as many this year yeah that's um, a good point because you know like warner brothers was there and that was a 10 minute 
presentation on Back for Blood and that was it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like Gearbox really didn't have anything to show aside from, aside from they were, you know, like advertising their movie. Um, yeah. And like trailers we'd already seen throughout the week already, like that um, that yeah. horse game and, the, and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah, like all that stuff was announced at Summer Games Fest. So like you wonder like, did they, you wonder why they did it. You yep. really wonder. Um, I don't think most of them got anything out of it, but to be perfectly frank, I think like, you know, the big ones did, um, Gorilla and, and Wholesome, they are separate to E3. They are part of Summer Games as opposed to, um, the ESA's conference. Um, yeah, like just like, just this E3 as a whole, just like a fucking mess in so many different ways. Um, so unorganized. They had 18 months they knew beforehand that last year's E3 was going to be cancelled. They had over a year to get this together. And the website was being built on the fly while media had access to it. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck the point of that was. I, I got nothing out of that website. <laughs> I didn't get a single thing. I didn't get a single media booking. I didn't get a single like contact. I didn't get a single like piece of information from any booth or publisher that was there. You got, you got Before- friend invites from Brendan three times, wasn't it? Yeah, I got some guy named Brendan who sent me three friend invites that showed up separately, all <laughs> seconds apart. Um, it was a, it was a useless a useless fucking website that that as far as I can tell, no one got anything out of. Um, there was like weird things about like privacy issues when the beginning of that website launched as well. Um, which you know the ESA not known for their privacy. Um, no. And like you know like. And we, and we spoke about a lot of that last week because that was all happening. Um, that was like the day or the day after you'd gotten access to that site. But like, I think it, it it's tricky, right? Because I think it also points to like, it's it's been a mess of an E3, but I think part of that is because we are now seeing the aftermath of what happens to multi-year development projects when they're hit with a global pandemic. Last year, we had projects that were at the tail end of development like destiny's expansion got pushed a couple of months but we still got it and um final fantasy came out right when things were kicking off so we still got it and last of us got pushed a little bit tsushima got pushed pushed a little bit uh the consoles are hard to get but they still came out and this year is the time where it's finally like oh hitting the brakes we've we've not only have we hit that intergenerational gap of ps4s out we're still developing for it but also, we want to put it on PS5, but that limits what we can do with our design because we can't take full advantage of this stuff because we're still catering towards this lower denominator. There's We're in that awkward space on top of having the last 15 months of development in almost everywhere across the world be limited by remote learning suddenly at the drop of a hat while everyone's dealing with, you know, trying not to catch a deadly virus that's swept across the entire globe, you know, like... It's been a really weird yeah, E3. When you, and when you look at it from the perspective of other ones, you can say it's been a really average E3. I've said it's been an average E3 in overall, but you look at it and it's like, this is, it's, it's, I'm kind of glad that it happened the way it did because last year when everything was spread out across three months, it was kind of exhausting. This year they did manage to bring it all together again into, this, into the one seven day period. And I'm sure there'll be more announcements in July whenever state of play for the Sony happens. But like, they have they sure, did bring but, something together. 
Yeah, but what, what they brought together was crap. And but like, and and it's like, I, I'm not even comparing it to like other E3s because like I'm you know I'm I'm aware that this stuff doesn't exist in a bubble, but like. You know, PAX Online existed, and what you were able to get from that was at least a gigantic, like, interactive-ish website where you got to see every game that was being shown off of PAX. And all you had to do was sign up to get a, like, and then, like, everybody got a web page. And, you know, like, sure, they, they sure did charge too much for developers um, for those PAX placements, um, for PAX Online. That was, like, that $25,000 or whatever it was. Holy shit. Or $15,000. It, it was a lot of money. It was far too much money just for a web page at PAX. But what it did was it got their games out in front of the world at large, which was in the height of lockdown um, for uh, most countries. Um, It got to get their game out in front of like the widest audience they probably have ever gotten, just not face to face. This had none of that. Like the booths at FAE3, the digital booths were there linked to the company's store pages. whatever trailers they'd put out, the occasional news post if they decided to update it, which most of them didn't, and, like, events, which, as far as I can tell, nearly no one took, like, uh, took opportunity to use inside of the E3 website because no one knew how to fucking use it. No, no, no one who was running any of this E3 knew what was going on. When... When when media got to log in, everyone was like, "I don't understand what the fucking like what any of this stuff does." None of this was ever explained. They had this weird gamification side to it, which was useless. And you're looking at this website, going, "Cool, I'm going to log into this maybe once a day, and then never look at it again." Um, and even people who were running the booths were going, "Like, I don't know the fucking point of this shit." Apparently, if you drop your business card, it just sends a DM to the person running the booth saying, hey, this person's dropped a business card. Do you want to message them? Like, like as, as a show, functioning show, it did not function. It was a, it was a complete, um, like, if this show was literally just the showcases, it would have been the exact same show for most people. Um, the most anyone got out of any of this in terms of, like, work was like press lists and like and interviews and stuff, right? Like, and all of that stuff was probably done just with pre-existing contacts. Um, it was a, it 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 was a it was a bad show. It, it for like for COVID standards, it was a bad show. Um, I, I'm so shocked. <laughs> I'm so shocked just how how loose it was. Yeah. I, like there was no plan. It felt like there was no plan for it. I think it. I think what it shows to me is that there's different priorities for that company, right? Like having that public front, public facing stuff, where it's like, oh, this is going to be great for you, press. This is going to be great for you, public, for you to sign up to our free portal, and it's going to be like you're really there. That stuff was never the ESA's point of running E3. That stuff's been ancillary to the point because of the humdrum that gets. Um, that's not the way I use that word. But because of the the hype get, that gets generated for this um, for this showcase every year in normal times, you know the reason that they they have a public showing is because they know they can charge people money for it. Like it's not because they like it's a business showcase. That's what the, that that the 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 point of E three is is to show publishers and developers and um and retail different pro- projects that are coming out in the next six to 12 months so that people know how much to buy of what thing and and people can have meetings with other people about distribution and stuff like that it's not it's not for us no but i feel like it's it's they've been pivoting towards 
fan stuff for a while because they know that like that 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 show being a trade show is 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 a relic of its past at this point because yeah. everybody just goes around them at that point you know you don't need to have in person meetings to talk about distribution for games you know you can just send an email and have a video call or whatever oh yeah for and sure so- I'm, not, I'm not saying that that approach is is uh justifiable these days i i think you're right i think it is an archaic and out of date uh way of approaching this particular event but yeah, it's just how I see their mindset, I guess. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, absolutely wild. Takes me back a little bit. Do you remember the first E3, or maybe not the first E3, but can you can you think of you know when you think of 2015 in terms of game releases, you think of Rocket League, and you think of The Witcher, and you think of um, other games that Fallout came 4. out, Fallout Four that came out that year, and you know that game was full of big RPGs and indie classics and, um, you know, that game was, that, that year was chock full of stuff. And you think of the year prior and you're like, oh yeah, 2014, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, uh, um, uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Uh, 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 like, you know, that, that weird growing pain period of yeah that first year of new consoles, but it's all still coming out on the old stuff i think it's going to be interesting oh, in the next couple of years to see how water well how logged we are how stuck behind um different um limiting factors we are going to be sorry jeremy what'd you say oh, so 2014 has some good games destiny came out dragon age the last one came out dark souls 2 <sighs> not the point Frequently it wasn't refer- an exciting year. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, we. It wasn't the year we got God of War and Spider Man. <laughs> no, <laughs> back to back. You know what I mean. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's my sum up, I guess. Uh, any more electronic three thoughts? Electronic thoughts, even. <laughs> Not three thoughts, though. We don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to stay up again the way we did for as many conferences again. Um, like, I found myself sitting there going, there's these schmucks in the US who just got up at a normal time. Know, <laughs> They're just watching really these conferences at like 10, 10 a.m., sipping their morning coffee and they get to do that for the day and then be like, all right, time for dinner. It's like, man, you guys, you, we're, we're, I'm waking up at 3 a.m. <laughs> um, I don't know, but it has a certain charm to it, right? It does. It makes it exciting. And like, I, it wasn't the only time where I was really upset that I was awake was um, Gearbox. Gearbox. But <laughs> I was happy I'd been awake prior for, what was it, an Xbox before that? Uh, I don't remember. Or Ubisoft, the, maybe. The, the days of blurred. Yeah, it was either Ubisoft or Xbox. Probably Ubisoft, I think. Um, and I was happy I was awake for that. Um, yeah, so Gearbox was the only one I was I was upset that I had I was a part of. Everything else was fun to chat and make jokes with Jeremy and 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 break it down afterwards and see the trailers. But then the rest of the day would come and I'd be a husk. <laughs> and that was for like five days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I said this a bunch at the time, but I was so excited that I that there was a, a break between Microsoft's early morning for us 
And then we didn't really have that much to wake up for the next day. There was stuff, but not really that much. So I could have a normal sleep the next night and then stay up until 2 a.m. for Nintendo and then go to bed <laughs> and then get it another the, proper um, sleep. The like Capcom morning, I think, which was like 7.30. That was like my, my latest sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Uh, it was fun, but I'm I, doing I, it again. I will I will I will need heavier hitters for me to get up more in the future. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do it again because I, I I love it. I, I've been doing it every year since 2013. I've been doing it for almost 10 years now, getting close to 10 years on of of getting up early to watch dumb game conferences in in the states. Um, but it's fun, it's exciting, <laughs> and it's. Stupid. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it um, as a tradition with my housemates because, like, a couple of years ago, like my um, it was Microsoft or something, and like my housemate and I were watching it from separate rooms and like tweeting about it. I'm like, do you just want to like come in here? We can like get into bed. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> watching it in bed. Um, and then this year we were on the couch and stuff under like a whole bunch of dinners and, awesome. and like that that sort of stuff. I I think is fun, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. There's definitely part of it that's special, but uh, this this year yeah. extracts a heavy toll. Yes, I think I think next year I'll, I'm going to skip more of the publisher ones. Um, like I'll do the big ones, but like, uh, yeah, like Capcom, Bandai, Warner, like they're not like Gearbox. Yeah, well, I feel like Gearbox you're going to skip next next year, honestly. Um, like I feel like they were there because there was room for them to show up, and like they didn't justify their own conferences. <laughs> so, well, great! Thanks everyone for hanging around for our big E three blowout question mark sum up wrap up post E three discussion post Malone E three discussion. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we had a good time going through it all. We'll be back in a week. Uh, I was going to say in a week or two. No, it's definitely in a week uh, to talk about things we've been playing. Uh, I'm finally going to have been deep into Ratchet like I was talking about. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm going to finish that tonight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find this episode, uh, other episodes of this podcast and our other podcasts on minimap.com.au. Uh, again, like I said, with the occasional written word, as well as some of the uh, video on demand the the uh the vods of the reaction streams that we did that jerry jerry that jeremy was uh streaming that we were hosting as minimap uh you should watch the nintendo one we had we had uh digital props on our faces the whole time it was fun Um, (laughs) we did (laughs) honestly we had some like we had some fun jokes in there as well like um and and going back i do really want to go back and watch our um our post square discussion when we were really hot off that conference and I was so high on it and you were so low because <laughs> we, we went, we went for a while. We were really heated about that. So yeah, there's some good stuff there. Um, if you want to support this podcast, uh, like I said before, you can give it a positive rating on your podcast service of choice. If you're feeling particularly generous um, on iTunes, giving it a five-star rating and some positive words would really help. Uh, it gives us a nice little boost up the charts. Um, you can also support us monetarily at patreon.com slash minimapau. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter to see when we're going live, things like, you know, if we're doing another reaction stream at some point, all that stuff is on Twitter. Um, the Minimap account is at minimapau. Uh, Jeremy's Twitter account is? At Obi-Wan Jez. 
June's Twitter account is? Junez T N underscore E S. Carrie's Twitter account is KJ Palmer underscore 24. And um, I think that's about it. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a week. Uh, uh, happy E3. The end. Happy E3. H- happy E3. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>